Bazinga. Week 13 is in the books. It's the Low Notes Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, back in a somewhat normal, uh, I'd say, podcasting situation, uh, joined by Justin, of course. Uh, it's been a kind of a weird month. Uh, a month ago, we had to skip because of, of life. And then you and Ryan subbed in while I was in Washington. Then we did uh, you know, the group podcast at your place. Last week, we got Robert on, which was awesome. First time uh, a guest there. And now we're back in like the old setup. It's just you and me. I kind of feel like uh, it's like visiting an old friend. How are you feeling over there? Uh, you know, hanging in there. I always complain about how uh, fantasy baseball like this season is too long. But man, I'm really, really starting to feel this season. See, I'm, I'm like... I could do another week or so of regular season. I mean, I'm sure that would help my playoff odds uh, to have a little leeway there. But uh, yeah, you know, when when stuff's stressful, it's kind of like, you know, and especially some of you top teams who are still grinding out for, you know, playoff spot. I'm sure you feel like if the season ended like a week or two ago, it would have been in perfect shape. Yeah, I think um, a big part of my life right now is like how much like mental like space does something take up, you know? Mm-hmm. and fantasy takes up a lot of that space you know it's like i'm sitting at my computer fucking with my lineup or i'm listening to fantasy podcasts or i'm on here recording this podcast or i'm watching fucking football and thinking why the fuck did i start this person so um yeah the the, the mental toll really starting to catch up with me yeah it's it's taxing and uh you know it's a, always a choice that i'm presented with you know like if I have all Sunday to watch football, I will watch football all Sunday. But I do notice that like those days that I've begrudgingly am, am out and not watching football and I can't pay attention. It's like generally better things happen for my team and I'm like less stressed. Uh, I, you know, it's like, oh, go win. Or it's like, oh, I lost. Well, like whatever. At least I wasn't like miserable the whole time. Yeah, I didn't really watch any football this week and, yeah. you know, took the L to Ashley. And um, yeah, it was pretty much just that. Look, just looked at, I mean, I think I looked at my score kind of halfway through the day. We kind of had cell service and it was like, oh, okay, I'm going to fucking lose. And I just put my phone away. Didn't check it again until I got home that night. And uh, yeah. yeah, it didn't, it was probably a better day for it. You guys were up in the snow, right? You went, uh, did some uh, radical snowboarding up there with all those skiers uh yeah that's a great way to describe it um but yeah yeah we did uh, go snowboarding it turns out that my board that i haven't ridden on or tried on in 10 years so it was a really really bad idea my bindings exploded on the second run and i spent the next hour trying to get that figured out but um yeah, it was ashley's brother's first time and he was uh just tearing it up we had, we had a good day nice nice awesome uh well i hope all that sweet gear that we bought while i was in seattle uh, got put to some good use i hope you guys were looking fly out there because uh his did i should have spent some more time buying gear <laughs> uh well yeah uh we're gonna do a little bit of a shake up here on the pod i don't think we're gonna do our traditional power rankings uh you know we i, I don't think we got too many submissions in that department but also i mean we're at the point of the season we're about to enter the last week um, you know, storylines are set. Some teams are, are out of it. We had another uh, join that party. Uh, we'll talk about them later. Um, so I don't know. If, you know, let's uh, let's go a different path from the the power rankings. We're just going to talk about the playoff picture um, when we get to that portion where we get to the team by team. Uh, but yeah, how, how do you feel, Justin? 
power rankings free free of the power rankings uh yeah i i know that you and i spend more time complaining about the length of and format of the podcast than the people who listen to it do mm-hmm. but um i've kind of been mulling it over I, I i think like to me personally it gets a little monotonous um kind of doing the same format every week we try to introduce some other topics at the beginning but that just ends up making the whole thing run long and by the time we actually get to the power rankings um we feel rushed and despite spending all that time, we can't really talk about everything that we even want to. Um, so was kind of mulling over the idea of maybe having, um, a, a, how can I put this, a, kind of like a, a set schedule of topics. Um, so we would only do the power rankings every like three or four weeks, right? And in between then, you know, we could have like a keeper show or like a playoff picture show later on in the season. But essentially be like week one, we talk about this week two, we talk about this um, rather than trying to fit so many topics into into every single pod. That's true. That would be that's a pretty good idea. And while you're talking about that, I got another maybe pretty good idea instead of the power rankings. I mean, we could almost play like games with it because I still I like the part, you know, that we have a dedicated part to talk about each team. Um, but I mean, we could have fun with it. We could uh, replace power rankings with uh, like a game. Uh, we could just play like fuck Mary kill with uh, <laughs> with all these teams and <laughs> and go through and uh, you know do stuff like that. So uh, yeah, that will be uh, something for next year. A goal for next year. Th- this year, I think our main goal was you know just get back into the flow of doing pods every week because we had a, a pretty much an off year last year. And, uh, you know, just get better at picking those matchup of the weeks. Uh, so we've got one of those goals. I, I'd say we could stamp the uh, accomplished stamp on it. But uh, next year, we'll we'll change things up and, and have a little bit more fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, like I said, I think uh, it'd just be nice to get some more space for kind of some of the more fun stuff we want to talk about. I mean, still touch on, you know, how each team is doing each week, but, um, the, you know, in a more open format. Yeah. Um, and I think giving space to the power rankings could be a little bit more dramatic, too, because sometimes uh, it's just, you know, all the teams are just sitting pat or there's only a couple teams that move. But we go through the whole shebang anyway. It's true. And especially in the beginning of the season, I mean, it, that's when they're most useless because it's like, no, no, one knows. like, OK, yeah. you, you're one to know, like just mark Bobo on your calendar at this point. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um before we get into any sort of team by team stuff or looking at the playoffs, which are looming, as Justin mentioned, I'm sure all of us who are still in it, uh, we got a couple teams who are locks, so maybe they're not sweating it, but the rest of us probably putting a lot of time in there. Before we do all that, though, uh, you had some great news. You were very excited about this after lots and lots of work and just like every hacker hacking gif on the internet um that you could find you finally fixed your uh, your your code and and now you can do the scraping again and you've just like been exploding with all these like random facts since then so uh what you've got some good ones for us right now yeah i finally got the player scraper working um i've only scraped this season so far i haven't found any bugs i've been digging i've been doing kind of some exploratory analysis to find yeah like you're talking about cool stats haven't found any bugs so it seems like it worked um i wanted to really dig into the 2022 uh season before working my way backwards i think the old data set that i have that one's accurate but it only goes about to 2018 so kind of some gaps to fill in that i should be able to and then we can go back to some of our favorite stats which is like you know who scored the most points for you for your team like of all time you know or how many you know teams have owned a certain player um season over season stuff like that so 
um, yeah, should have that stuff. Um, yeah, uh, I guess before the end of the season, I don't know how many more pods we're going to do, but maybe I'll throw it up on the website for anybody still paying attention. Um, but yeah, just wanted to look at some of the fun stuff here. Um, I've been keeping track of, um, uh, player stats when we do like the roster simulator each week, it says like, you know, would you have, you know, done better than ESPN and stuff. Um, but with this, I'm able to dig in, uh, on a more granular level to, you know, how are the points being scored? How many touchdowns have you scored? Stuff like that. So, um, definitely got some fun stats here. The first thing I wanted to look at was, um, the return stats. Uh, you know, we talk about it a lot. We're always yeah. curious, you know, uh, which teams are kind of dominating in that area and, and, um, you know, which ones are just kind of completely ignoring it. And yeah, going through here, um, it seemed like a surprise until I remembered that, um, Cordero Patterson is both a, a return guy and, you know, like a prime time running back. So it's a little less surprising, but yeah, Martin just completely dominating, um, 117, uh, total return yards of punts plus kickoffs, um, on the season and two total touchdowns, which, um, doesn't seem like a lot, but the rest of the league has zero. Yeah, no, um, th- those are huge. Yeah, <laughs> they, this they is, and like this isn't, this is in uh, people's starting lineups. Like Ashley had uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones got one um, last week on her bench. Um, and I, I think there were a couple other players who got some on their bench as well. But I, I just wanted to see who was actually like benefiting from this stuff. So, yeah, mm-hmm. 117 yards for Martin, which is huge. Uh, we mentioned Robert's team a lot, and he's right there at number two, but only coming in at 68 yards total on the season. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, almost half of uh, what Martin has and then me coming in third with 42, 42 yards after that. So very, very minuscule. Some of my guys I thought were returners aren't really is what I learned. And then on the uh, complete opposite, we have uh, one team, Nibelonians, uh, just no return yards at all. Um, and a couple of stragglers uh, to Narwhals, two yards. Uh, your team has seven yards total. Um, yeah, let's so- go. There's a lot of teams in kind of in like the teens range. So a lot of teams, I think, kind of haphazardly like benefiting from those points uh, without actually going for it. Yeah, I I forget who on my team could like even get that yardage because there was one point a couple of weeks ago where I noticed like, hey, that guy has like points, but he hasn't caught anything. I looked it up and saw his return yards. I was like, they return? <laughs> um <laughs> So yeah, definitely a strategy that went by the wayside. I love that I was right. I think I called it last week on the podcast that the Lugo bros would be the top two. They look like, uh, you know, strategizing behind getting those return yardage. And, uh, you know, even though maybe not a big scoring portion of this league, still a strategy I'm going to look into for the next year again. You know, it's uh, for some players that can get that kind of floor up. And, it, you know, if you're talking about a four or five point, you know, potential floor each game on top of whatever receiver yards definitely makes a lot more uh, wide receiver types enticing. Yeah. Well, speaking of, um, you know, your, your strategy here, um, you were buying in big on IDP this season, set in the draft, um, spent up to get the guys you want and it looks like it paid off your number one in points, uh, with 965. So yeah, yeah, doing pretty well. Um, if I can completely lose all my queries here and trail off Um, (laughs) on the flip side, we have, um, you know, we're looking at some ratios and stuff. That was like the big question everybody asked before I get into that. uh, The shitty sources were the highest offensive scoring team. So the, the opposite of your, your high defense uh, defensive score, but man, uh, 
almost 1500 points, which just to contextualize that the next closest team had 1,354 points. So Ashley has scored 150 more offensive points than the next closest team, which is pretty bonkers. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, a little bit more than 10 a week. If my uh, math is correct, that's uh, that's super impressive. Uh, yeah, she has been just completely dominating. Um, part of that has come from um, uh, receiving touchdowns. So Ashley has 42 receiving touchdowns, which I, I think that stat stands on its own. Like, yeah, you heard that and you were like, good God. Um, the next closest team, uh, for receiving touchdowns is, uh, the boomers with, uh, 28. Hmm. So yeah, big, big jump from, um, the boomers to, um, shitty sources coming in at number two. Yeah. I wonder if the big difference there, uh, I'm not sure where the boomers, you know, rank in, uh, things like yardage or total offensive points, uh, I'm guessing pretty well below Ashley's team. Um, so, you know, I'm willing to bet her combination is yes, high touchdowns. And I mean, like divide that by, you know, 12 or 13, how many ever weeks we've been in. That's a hell of a lot of touchdowns for weeks, For especially for those of us who have gone multiple weeks with like what feels like zero TDs, maybe across your entire roster. Uh, but yeah, pairing up those TDs, which with what I'm sure are like pretty decent yardage numbers from our receivers as well. Yeah. You can, um, looking at the stats, you can kind of get like a pretty clear picture of like where people are struggling and you know how, what's gone well for them and not, um, right now I'm looking at rushing touchdowns, receiving touchdowns and passing touchdowns. And it's actually, it's about 20 across the board. Um, you know, even the quarterback is one position. These are cumulative stats. So if you start three, you know, running backs, you're probably going to do better in this metric than somebody who like Ashley, who's starting a lot of wide receivers. Um, but generally 20 of each is where most of the teams are sitting. And yeah, some things immediately stand out. Like I see that the surfers only have 13 passing touchdowns. So that's, you know, a, a big um, downer. Um, it's funny, you know, looking at some of the stuff though, Josh Allen, uh, obviously one of the premier quarterbacks in the league, 26 touchdowns, you know, it's good above average. Um, but uh, Baker's this year from I, I, mostly Mahomes stats, but a couple of the early season good Herbert starts uh, 32 um, uh, passing touchdowns on the season. So just, yeah, comparing Ryan's 13 to Robert's 32, you know, and then they're both getting about 20 rushing and 20 uh, receiving touchdowns. You can see like that big discrepancy there. Yeah, uh, the Ryan stat, I mean, it's, it's surprising, not surprising, because you think of his current quarterback uh, carrying, carrying his team, Justin Fields, that dude doesn't throw touchdowns and he just runs it in from uh, 50 or 40 mm -hmm. yards each time. Uh, but, you know, Ryan picked him up pretty relatively late in the season. So, yeah, I know, you know, Tom Brady got a stint in there and, and some others. Uh, QB was a, a weakness. The surfers that they filled and now look at them, uh, locks for the playoffs. So yeah, another area where uh, just uh, just insane discrepancy is I was looking at the points per position, which we've actually looked at a little bit because um, I had other ways of getting that stat. Um, but man, we've been talking about the the butt above the rest division all season and how uh, dominating it's been, especially in the back half here. But holy shit, man, we are like the the worst divisions for uh, tight end uh, production. <laughs> so. These are these are total right for the whole season, right? 13 weeks. Um, I have scored 84 points for my tight end total. 
Uh, you have scored 59 points yeah. and TGIF has scored 48 points for the whole fucking season out of the tight end spot. Um, and these are all teams that are, you know, kind of competing for contention right now. Um, and so for perspective, the league average is about 110. Um, but our, our fellow division mate, shitty sources, they have 222 points out of the tight end this season. Kelsey, number one overall pick. If this was a snake draft redraft. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure you can see what, what an edge. And I I think that plays into like the, the receiving touchdowns, uh, that Ashley's huge edge is that she has not only great wide receivers, but also, yeah, Travis Kelsey's just a touchdown machine. And yeah, it's, I mean, this is nothing new. We all feel the tight end squeeze other than Ashley. I mean, she feels it from the other, other angle, but just like numbers, you know, these, these are why people use metrics because sometimes numbers hit really hard and it's like, damn. Yeah. It's, it's interesting seeing kind of the, the strength and weakness of each team um, headed into the final push here. So uh, I teased, um, you know, one stat that somebody had asked in the mailbag. I'm finally going to circle back to it. So yeah, I wanted to look at the, um, the ratio, right. Of uh, offense to defense and um, I was pretty surprised at the answer here. Do you have any guesses on who the, um, I don't know why that's not working, who has the biggest um, defensive percentage, the largest percentage of their points come from defense? So I, I, I would have thought myself before, but we've had some talk uh, over the past couple episodes, and I, I seem to remember you mentioning the Bakers. So I'll go with the Bakers. Um, let me see if I can get this to sort the way I want it to. Um, it is not the Bakers, um, although they are somewhere to be found. They're fourth on the list as far as percentage. Um, the Puma Skulls are third on the list for All points right. coming percentage of points coming from defensive players. Uh, Nibblonians coming in second, and mm-hmm. the big shocker: the number one, t- the num- the team getting the most uh, percentage of production on other defensive spots is uh, the Bunnies. Huh. And I, I think they're like third to last in defense points total. And so I think this really just speaks to how bad their <laughs> offensive players have been. Right. Yeah. As, as, as uh, we were going up the chart, I started like figuring out what the statistic actually could mean. And it's like, oh, percentage of team points. Yeah. So, uh, ouch. Uh, I mean, at least uh, some confidence there for Brett for, uh, you know, picking up a, somewhat solid defense, uh, you know, carrying the team on their back. So you got that, you know, at least in your pocket there, buddy. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think the initial question was something like whose production has been like buoyed by IDP. And I, uh, you know, I, I guess the, the closest answer to that would be you and Lucinda. Um, because bunnies have obviously not been really buoyed anywhere with their defensive, um, point total but i thought the inverse of this was very interesting so we mentioned this uh, if if you think about it for a second this one's kind of obvious but we we have ashley on the exact opposite end of this chart um and she is on the lower end of defensive scoring um but she has the massive massive offensive point total that we mentioned earlier um but some of the other teams here uh, again these are teams in contention um but are getting the majority of their points from offense. So we're looking at 61%, 63%. We got the uh, Shenanahads, TGIF, and um, the Adams all rolling in after that. So yeah, really work on the, the offensive side of the ball, which is kind of surprising because I'd consider all three of these teams have done pretty well in IDP. 
Yeah, um, Eric is the one that I expected to be there, TGIF, just because, uh, I mean, having watched their roster all week, and you know, let me say good game, buddy. Uh, but yeah, knowing that the potent offense, but when I was looking at the matchup going, okay, defense is where I have to, you know, where I have to make my stand, make my mark. Uh, so that doesn't surprise me. Uh, the other names do actually a little bit. Yeah, I think um, looking at this end of um, the spectrum, I think I see a lot less um, defensive churn on this side. Uh, I think a lot of these teams have kind of uh, stuck with the guys that they they drafted so far and not had to rotate a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. It feels pretty good. I'm, I'm fourth in points for defense, so um, feels good. You know, getting the production, even though I, I dropped a lot of my starting guys. I think guys like uh, Jordan Brooks have um, helped kind of bring that back up. Uh, helping TJ Watt plays a bigger part of that down the stretch. Yeah, well, um, I'm as I said before, I'm like hoping to do a little bit more IDP research. I'm not on anywhere near the level of Justin's stat nerdery. Um, I just, you know, numbers, they don't speak to me like they whisper in Justin's ear so sweetly. Um, but I'm trying to learn because it's just a, a useful, you know, like work skill. Uh and I, the IDP stuff I started to dig into, you know, before the draft this year, you know, one of the things that kind of struck out to me is like at the end of the year, uh, you know, a bunch of the the top scoring players, there was a lot of churn and a lot of, of players that were like the top, but ended up on the waiver wire one way or another. Um, and I, that's part of it. It's definitely, you know, picking up the week to week. There are a lot of, you know, big injuries. And I think if we're talking about IDP, you know, a lot of us are looking at not only bi-week problems this week with IDP, but also some injuries. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting to see, you know, how, how that strategy continue, continues to evolve within this league as we all figure it out. But I would, it would be cool to get to, you know, I'd like to see it a little bit more stable where, um, you know, like the, not only the star IDP players, but, you know, just the, the good, you know, floor IDP players that you slot in every week, remain on teams the whole season where they're kind of like valued a little bit more like the offensive players. We're almost there. I, I think in the past, we've had a lot of people say that, you know, the, the waiver wire is too deep. And I think for some positions, it might still be true. I can definitely say a linebacker did not feel deep this year. But I think something that probably went underappreciated um, and I it probably just like the narrative around it is like these positions are super, super fluid, um, both for like role and for like injury. I know like you, Ryan and I rolling on the same guy this morning because like there was an injury, you know, now it looks like he's going to be like a three down linebacker and stuff like that. Like if that was a running back, you know, people wouldn't be like, oh, running back, you know, there's, it's so easy to just pick up a guy off the waiver wire would be, you know, talking about how there's an injury. So we all went and got the handcuff, you know, and it's not like as cut and dry, but um, yeah, I think people need to understand that like when they see these guys available on the waiver wire, it's not that there's a ton of them just out there. It's just, it's like any other position where there's guys losing their jobs because they're not good or there's injuries and stuff like that. So new guys stepping into full-time roles and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's so many, I'm like, as you're talking all this stuff, I'm like thinking of all these different uh, IDP researchers that we could we could do um like i wonder if there's been there seems to have been a strategy this year where people kind of like hold on you know to maybe some more idp bench players and and not like again stars but like i'm I'm like the alex singletons right and and uh there's uh god what's who's the other dude i can't even think of him right now but just like people who it's like I like, yeah, you're on my team. You're taking up a spot. I don't necessarily need you in my starting lineup, but I know if I drop you, 
uh, you're just going to be at the top of the IDP waiver wire <laughs> next week when mm-hmm. I need someone. So um, it's yeah, it seems like a lot of those guys are like hanging around. And you know, there have been a couple times when I've gone to you know my IDP waiver wire article, and it's like I can't pick up any of these guys. These guys are on teams. It's just like the offensive players. Come on. Yeah, the the only area where it seems like we could maybe add some depth, and if I were going to propose a roster change for next year, it'd probably be to add um, one more defensive back slot because um, there's so many safeties, and you know we only have to start one defensive back. Um, some teams are starting a couple more in their uh, flex IDP spots, um, but I think adding another defensive back could really open that up, kind of cut into the depth, and then uh, maybe plan to starting some of the more fringy uh, cornerbacks as well. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing sort of noticing, and I'm not sure if it's backed up by actual usage or stats, but it seems like this year, you know, like where the cornerbacks are the type to avoid, because hey, if they're really good, no one's going to throw at them. I mean, there's a, there's a few quarter uh, cornerbacks who are putting up like super good, like, you know, safety level numbers. Uh, so yeah, get like, make a little bit room, more room for us to, you know, try to find those guys. Uh, I'm not against it. I could be convinced. All right. You heard it here when, when Austin's uh, complaining next year, cause we don't add keepers, but we want to add more IDP. Remember that he said that he could yeah. be convinced. No, no, I'm, I'm uh, never, I'm not getting my hopes up about IDP, whatever the people want. I'm fine with, uh, but I will say I'll take a fifth. You know, if you're offering a fifth, I'll take a fifth. <laughs> All right, that is all I have for stats and IDP conversation. You ready to dig into some uh, playoff stories here? Yeah. So, I mean, before we dig into the playoff, um, you know, mess, which is still a mess, uh, very few answers have been found. It's like an episode of Lost every week. You know, maybe maybe one answer is found, and there's just so many more questions. Uh, but one of the answers we did get is another team who's gone down to zero percent playoff chances eliminated from playoff contention that is the springfield adams uh you know just imagine justin playing taps on trombone right now um (laughs) and just you know like a send off to martin uh at least at this point right now um i mean we talked about his uh usage of the return yardage strategy our boy cordero had having a pretty good season uh, top six scoring, um, but also, you know, one of these teams that gets scored against. And at some point in the last couple of weeks, he overtook uh, Andrew as the you know top team scored against. So, you know, he's putting up a top six defense or, or I'm sorry, uh, offense like points scored. If we were doing that sort of league where you play once against the field and, and once not, you know, he'd be doing pretty well probably in that. But uh it's tough when you're uh, by average playing the top scoring team each week. So I uh, just wanted to do a send off to Martin. Uh, we always, you know, mock our taco, but uh, I, I think any sort of uh, mocking would be unjust because uh, if, if any team has earned a spot on this playoff uh, playoff bracket, it might've been Martin. I kind of believe that. So shout out, bro. Yeah, Martin, great draft. Um, smart keeper pickups. We realized immediately as soon as the the season started. Um, looks like he's got some decent keepers rolling into next season too. But yeah, um, unlucky with the schedule, and then um, uh, you know a lot of mid season injuries just really brought him down. So yeah, good season, bud. But sorry, not happening. But uh, that does mean that our playoff picture is a little bit more clarified. It is the last week of the season, which means you know we're we're finishing up the second round of divisional matchups. 
Um, I guess we could get the the top or the most boring part out of the way, which is our boring uh, nine and four and ten and three, uh, you know, bound for playoffs no matter what teams, butthole surfers and bakers at top with a ten and three record. Uh, I don't know, Justin. Anything to say about these guys? What what are their their uh, buy odds looking like right now? So Roberts locked for um, the the first seed. He's looking good for that that buy. Um, Ryan, you know, with the extra win over Ashley, he's looking pretty strong. Um, but he has a only about uh, what is it here, eighty percent chance to grab the second seed and get the buy. Um, a lot of other, not a lot, but three other teams uh, kind of vying for that spot that we can talk about. Yeah. Uh, Ryan gets the benefit of playing Brett this week, which, um, you know, I don't know if the, if the computers can calculate that. Sorry, Brett. Uh, but you know, definitely for, for Ryan, you're, you're hoping you don't flood this one up. It's a layup buddy. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I guess just to dig into it from a division perspective, see, so, yeah, I mean, we see that Robert's division is all wrapped up. Um, he's got, you know, the lead there, the first round buy and everything. And yeah, looking over at Ryan. So, uh, you know, likely that he grabs um, that buy, but, you know, he does have a, a pretty low point total compared to some of the other teams in the league. That's not really going to hurt him within his division because they're all bundled up. But it does mean that um, if he takes the loss this week and, um, you know, one of these teams can come out the win, uh, they can leapfrog him pretty easily to grab that spot. And so I have um, the Nibelonians with a 6% chance to uh, grab that number two seed and take over. And then I have the Shenanahads with about a 1% chance. And um, a lot of, you know, I'm mentioning how easy it is to leapfrog Ryan, but Ashley is obviously the the thorn in uh, that division side since uh, it'd be pretty easy for her to um, take over any, any, any ties with point total. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, totally muddied over there. Uh, Lucinda, surprisingly not surprisingly but you know kind of against uh you know the late season push when you're rooting against your in-season rivals she wanted jim to win probably last week uh to give her a chance to just beat jim this week and take the uh, division but yeah it's gonna be a little tough you need uh you need the fluffy bunnies to to be a good guy and play spoiler and then um you know as long as the points uh lead lucinda has over ryan which is about 30 points holds um you know, she should be in business on the gym side of things. Um, you know, he's both. And I, I should shout out that the Nibelonians uh, shenanigans matchup is one of our few uh, win and in sort of scenarios uh, that we're going to go through. So either of these team wins, they are going to the playoffs. Um, Jim is currently behind uh, Ryan in points. If, you know, it comes down to a tie between them. Um, but even though they took a loss uh, against Ryan this week, you know, put up a really good score, 190 against uh, Ryan's 198. So, you know, you you lose eight points there in the race. But I mean, if he had scored, you know, like 150, 160, we're talking about a huge insurmountable gap. Uh, this gap is not insurmountable. It's only, uh, you know, eight points, if that. So um, still interesting there, even for the division title. Yeah. And the one thing that I, I failed to mention when talking about how these teams are trying to, to leapfrog to take over the division is that Ryan, yeah, Ryan's playing the bunnies this week. So uh, a small chance, um, you know, to, to upset the, the number one team, but it seems pretty unlikely. Which I think leaves the rest of the excitement to, I mean, the division that really deserves it, 
we are but above the rest. And I think we've really shown that this year. So I know uh, our three listeners are probably turning off the podcast right now, but I'm going to lead myself in a round of applause for this awesome division. Yeah, because uh, we are but above the rest. We are the uh, just stamp of quality and, um, you know, just so much greatness uh, over here so appreciate all you guys it's 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 been it's been a dog fight it's going to be a dog fight this week so i don't know justin what are we looking at for butt above um you know it's pretty murky we're going to be looking over at um the sphincter division to some extent uh to look at point uh tiebreakers but given you know kind of the commanding point total that we have i don't think it's super relevant um, but yeah, I mean, uh, just, you know, all four mat, all four matchups, all, f- all two matchups with all four <laughs> teams are going to be super impactful. Um, you know, I, I think you mentioned, you know, Ashley has the, the least interesting, uh, you know, reason to win. She's trying to get a, a seed here, so she'll be playing for that, but she does not need to win to get in. Um, you, me and Eric, uh, all just duking it out, trying to get there, trying to scrape by with, um, points. Um, we're all pretty, you know, jumbled up as far as points go. You got a lead on us there. Um, so we'll be keeping an eye on that as well. But yeah, I mean, this looks very, very intense, um, for at least our three teams. Yeah. And before we, you know, I dig into our division, I say there is a little, uh, connection between sphincters, uh, division and ours um, in the race between Lucinda and Jim, because like I said before, whoever wins that matchup this week, they are in. The loser still has a chance though, and their chance depends on yours truly. Um, so Lucinda or Jim, whoever loses that matchup, they are rooting against me versus Ashley. So they're definitely encouraged Ashley to, to play for more than just uh, just the first round by. But yeah, I think it works out. If I'm out, you know, then uh, just because of they're already at the eight wins, um that they're in and then whoever wins uh, between the matchup of you and eric would also get in as well yeah i know right now it looks like you have the tougher matchup um with ashley i think eric and i are a little bit more closely matched so as far as playoff odds go you know there's so much error that you need to bake into these projections anyway we might as well be tied um, but I have you at 48.1, Eric at 48.25, and me at uh, 50.47. So uh, each of us has about a 50-50 chance to get in um, right now. Yeah, I think one thing, um, you know, we we haven't talked too much about that now I'm looking through all our, our rosters right now is affecting most of us is uh, bye weeks. Uh, this is at week 14. I mean, we we're kind of talking offline about like, it's so stupid that there's even a bye week in week 14. Uh, not that like football needs a schedule around like fantasy playoffs or anything, but it just seems like dumb for the game. Like the, the difference between a week five bye and a week 14 bye seems on like incredibly unfair. Uh, well, you have to listen to our regular NFL podcast for that one. Uh, but uh, yeah, some of these, some of these teams are really affected by buys. Uh, I'm looking at your roster. You, you're looking like you're skating through pretty, pretty easily there. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately on the other end. Yeah. Eric is another team that looks like he, maybe it's just me and Ashley that are dealing with buy problems. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll, I, I'm pretty happy to not see Chris Olave. And although, you know, I know you just uh, gave up on Taysom Hill. I mean, realistically, that could be like a game changer for Eric if he just comes out and does what he does earlier this season and maybe has like a 20 or 30 point game. So um, anybody who has uh, those kind of ceilings, I'm pretty happy to not see in the lineup. 
um, even if you know the rest of Eric's roster is still looking pretty good. I, I am interested to see uh, what's going on with Josh Jacobs and his health, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, Josh Jacobs, it, it's like it's strange seeing the the rank one on ESPN next to his name uh, right now. Um, but the more like to me, the more stranger thing is just anytime I'm on Twitter or whatever, you see the different sites and they have their graphics like top top RBs, and it's just like for some reason I. Knowing all the wackiness of fantasy and how random players end up on top, not that it's totally random, but his name was not the name I expected to surprise us all. Uh, another running back on uh, TJF, Miles Sanders, is a name that would not have surprised me. I, you know, that would have been you know not surprising. Saquon up there, Josh Jacobs being up there, I don't know. That one's a shock to me. I don't know how how, how you're feeling about him. <laughs> I'm embracing the Josh Jacobs love and, you know, really starting to to think about how far a guy can drop next season of the draft before I'll, I'll jump on him. Yeah. Yeah. We really need to, uh, to look at that strategy because Eric Oof. definitely got a win there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. looking at you and Ashley though, you Oof. know, definitely, uh, the buys are going to play in. I'd say that Ashley probably has a little bit like wider, um, you know, space to make up with the buys where yours are maybe more impactful considering it's most of your, uh, running, you know, a, a pretty slim running back core to begin with. And, uh, so yeah, missing Jonathan Taylor, AJ Dillon, uh, you know, if they were, if Green Bay was playing this week, he might be the starting running back, but you know, not only do you not have him, but now it's another week for Aaron Jones to get healed up. So I'm sorry. No one, no one can see this, but I'm shaking my fist. I just nothing <laughs> in particular. Um, and Ashley is missing, uh, you know, Christian Watson, who is just looking like a monster, just does nothing but score touchdowns. And, um, you know, uh, we've been talking a lot about IDP and how Ashley hasn't necessarily been at the top, but these two guys, uh, Michael Walker and Quay Walker have been at the top of the, the linebacker list. So she's going to be hurting to fill those spots, especially at the linebacker spot. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, all the, the talk you had earlier about, um, you know, where she's scoring her points from, uh, you know, I was, at first I was kind of excited that, you know, most of her IDP seems to be on by, uh, less excited now, now that I know, you know, she's not really getting her points from there. Um, but I will say that, uh, I had a real kind of like late moment, just slow thinking, uh, moment where it took me like a whole 10 seconds to realize that I wasn't playing Christian Watson this week. And, and I, you know, did a very slow-mo, like creepy smile growing across my face. Uh, <laughs> just the way that you're glad that you don't get to see uh, Chris Olave this week. Uh, I'm glad that I don't get to see everyone's poster child, Kristen Watson. I'm, I'm doubly like, I, I'm not that, not that I hate him or anything. I don't want to face him this week. Uh, but you know, he's still in, stealing some of my Garrett Wilson uh, rookie wide receiver thunder. Luster. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's like, uh, I don't know. I think Garrett Wilson's better than Watson. You know, definitely the better uh, W son name, but uh, whatever. I, I mean, it it is, uh, I think for any other team, it'd be real tough to miss him this week. But, you know, I mean, Ashley right now is looking at Christian Kirk, AJ Brown, Jamar Chase, and T Higgins. I mean, I, I don't think Christian Watson missing the lineup is going to be um, that impactful. I think uh, the, the linebacker is going to be a lot, a lot worse. I did want to ask you about uh, her triad there. Um, you know, we we talked with Robert a little bit about the uh, the duo back strategy, the uh, whole ass backfield strategy, two backfield, one field, or two RBs, one field. We need a better name for this. Uh, but you know, he's got that team backfield strategy with the Cowboys right now. That uh, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and shout myself out that I pioneered back in the day. <laughs> 
Um, Ashley's got this uh, strategy with the Bengals. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm calling it a triad right now. I, I don't know if there's a cooler name for it right now. Quarterback and two wide receivers. And, I mean, we don't have the the other exam- current example of this, like, on a fantasy roster. But, like, I mean, you could do this with the Eagles. You could have um, – Jalen and then Devonte and uh, AJ Brown, who actually has, you know, mm-hmm. you could probably, if the bills could ever get a, a solid wide receiver too, you could do with them. They're not quite there yet, but I don't know. It's like the triad, the new, like, um, again, not maybe the most ceiling play, but a, if the right triad could uh, potentially give you some of that ceiling with a, a, a pretty high floor. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, I don't think Ashley was ever in a position where she wanted to do this, but she was very incentivized when Chase went down to kind of, um, you know, fill in that spot. But like you said, I mean, it does give you a reasonably high floor. And while I do think that it it theoretically caps your upside, I mean, we saw Cincinnati down the stretch last year just go bonkers the last like month of the season, man, where they were just airing it out and just scoring, you know, 40 points a game. And, you know, there's no reason that both these guys can't be reasonably productive. And, uh, you know, the one benefit of having both, uh, similar to when you had the two running backs, is that you're, you're always guaranteed to get the one that goes off, you know. Uh, like, if, if they do have a successful game, it's going to be, you know, behind one of these guys. And so having them both in your lineup, you know, um, it does make you feel a little bit better about at least getting, you know, one one productive wide receiver. Yeah. Um, but for sure, I mean, looking at Ashley's team, I, I should not be staring at it so long knowing that I have to match up against this team this week. But uh, you could definitely see why the offense is is looking so good. And and yeah, talking about Christian Watson being on the bench earlier and her not really missing him. Uh, I it's That's why it took me so long is because I'm looking at these four starters. And I was like, man, I didn't get any bye week help, but I probably did a little bit. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, as as good as he's been, man, like I, I already said the names, but Christian Kirk is number 10, A.J. Brown is number five, Jamar Chase is 20, only because he's hurt mm-hmm. and could really, he can put up the top score every single week, and then T. Higgins, who's number 15, so, um, you know, that's not even to say that Watson would break her lineup. Yeah, what an incredible team, well done, Ashley. Um, she probably deserves to beat me and maybe secure some sort of first round bye if, uh, if maybe Brett can upset Ryan, but I still don't want that to happen. I just, you know, this is a team that you can, you can root for, I think. Um, and also uh, just a quick shout out to Ramondre Stevenson, who's the number uh, nine running back right now, who I tried to get Ashley to throw into one of our trades uh, right before the draft when we were doing our keeper trades. Thought I was going to be sneaky, not sneaky. Ashley all over Ramondre uh, told me to eat dirt. So <laughs> shout out. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, you know, Pacheco is, uh, well, oh, he finally did have a ceiling game last week. Um, But, you know, really, really nice floor, though, the last, like, month or so. Um, And I think that's what you need. Like, the way her team is built right now, she has two, like, pretty good floor running backs, um, incredible wide receiver core. Uh, When we're looking at this matchup specifically, you know, and the gap we were just talking about between tight end, I mean, I think you're going to be pretty stoked if you get, like, six to eight points. Whereas Ashley's looking at, you know, like a 30 point ceiling out of her tight end. So um, a lot of interesting matchups to look here. I'm also seeing that it looks like um, one of your one of your boys, Derwin James, is questionable. Could probably play a pretty, pretty big role in uh, what happens this week as well. I think we talked about it this season with the ESPN questionable injury tags. Uh, there's been some like real wonky shit with uh, ESPN this year. So 
I try I don't to want people to just think that it's ESPN though, because I'm still getting sleeper notifications oh, for yeah. my guillotine league team. And I got one at like 11 AM that said, Patrick Mahomes is questionable. And I was like, wow, that's like insane. Is that a real thing? I didn't research it or anything. And then like two hours later, it's all Patrick Mahomes is now healthy. I'm like, wow, that's, that's, that's incredible funny. news. Yeah. Uh, that was just him going to the bathroom. <laughs> he was questionable yeah. to return from the bathroom. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, definitely an imposing team in Ashley. I don't know. Uh, you know, as, as far as I'm feeling, you know, it's it's been playoffs for me the past two weeks. Uh, it's playoffs for me this week. Uh, and if I win, my my victory is, uh, my reward, I should say, is to get into the playoffs. So um, I've kind of been running on like, you know, go big or go home, high adrenaline, ready to go. Uh, I've got some bye week woes. I've got some questionable tags uh, in an already questionable running back field. But you know what? It ain't over till it's over. Uh, it gave me some uh, some really cool IDP stats for my team, you know, scoring the most points. Uh, I'm hoping to ride that that IDP uh, into, into victory. But uh, while this might be the last time I feel like this this season, I will just shout out all the playoff teams that are still in the race. Uh, just the fact that it's come down to this last week and that stuff is still this muddled. It's still so like unknown and we don't have a bunch of teams already locked in, uh, is a testament to, to this great league. So, uh, whether you win or lose, we'll have fun in either the toilet bowl bracket or the playoff bracket, but, uh, good luck to everyone out there. Um, I do want to bring up before I shouldn't have done this where I kind of, I, I kind of grazed over Ryan's team, a team that on this pod I've maybe have been, you know, disrespected uh, potentially in the past. Uh, I did want to go back to, to his team and talk a little bit about them just because, um, you know, they are locked for the playoffs still in that race for that, that uh, buy, but, you know, in good position to get it. Uh, the buy is pretty valuable. I mean, we're talking about, you're talking about all these statistics for the playoff teams. I think, you know, our division's really tough and our division's probably the whole division, you know, our teams that you don't want to face in the playoffs. Maybe you're looking at surfers. Uh, maybe you're looking at, at a Baker's um, and, and seeing, you know, kind of weaker uh, rosters, weaker lineups. But uh, I guess first, just to talk about the buy itself. I mean, you cannot, underestimate the power of not having to put yourself out there for week one because we all know that anything can happen in any fantasy football game and getting bumped from the playoffs in week one after 14 weeks of grueling pain i don't know justin (laughs) has that happened to you that's like the worst right uh yeah i've definitely been bumped in the first round and um yeah you know you get really hyped up especially when you know you're kind of like scrounging just to get into that position in the first place and so to kind of pump your fist be like hell yeah and then get you know blown out like 200 to 120 or something and it's like oh okay right shouldn't have been here in the first place Mm -hmm. yeah you go out with a whimper uh so that buy is so valuable you don't even have to you know you could have the best week uh, and that's maybe frustrating, but that's a that's a, a first world problem at that point, or it's a rich person problem because you're already moving on. So if you needed those points, if you're going to play in the first round anyway, but um, yeah, so you know, we're these are teams that are looking to to get to or you know sit that second round and face whoever comes, and it might be scary depending on uh, who makes it through that first round. But what a place to be. Uh, a buy sounds like a great thing. I don't know if I can't remember if I've ever had one, but it, it sounds like a thing I've never had. You've you've had buys before. You had buys that well, a couple of years ago when we faced off, right? 
Uh, yeah. And, you know, it's it's awesome. Uh, it gives you a chance to kind of like stash players. If you've got some guys who are injured, you know, it's another chance to get everybody healthy. Um, you can kind of make like preemptive pickups that you wouldn't, you know, have been able to or even blocking uh, pickups for teams that you think you might play. I mean, it just really, really sets you up to be in a good position. Yeah. Uh, so with buy talk out of the way, just focusing a bit on Ryan's team, um, because again, still in that competition for the buys, so still meaningful football to be played. And we haven't had any good spoiling lately, so maybe Brett's in the mood to spoil some things. Um, I was looking at his roster, preparing for the show, doing some team notes. And I don't know, maybe it's because we just hung the Christmas tree, you know, last week. Uh, we're, we're starting to get the, the Christmas decorations up. Are you guys in uh, Christmas mode yet now that Turkey's day, Turkey Day is done? Uh, yeah, man. Friday after Thanksgiving, we had the lights up on the house, the tree yep. set up. All right. So we're all Getting started early this year. Yeah, we're all in Christmas mode. And so maybe it's because I had Christmas on the mind, but I'm looking at Ryan's roster. And I mean this only in slight disrespect. Uh, but to me, I look at this. This is like the Island of Misfit Toys from the Rudolph cartoon of old. Um, I mean, just looking at some names here, we got our boy Darius Slayton, former, you know, Octo superstar, who oh, yeah. if you if you remember back to the beginning of this year, was absolutely like buried on a giant step chart of like the worst, aside from like uh, Sterling Shepard, you know, like some of the worst wide receivers uh, buried uh, under that that list of players uh, now in the starting lineup for one of the top teams uh, in the league. We have Michael Gallup, another person, another uh person who's been on so many teams he's been on your team he was a, a poster child for ashley at one point this dude is like uh the, the the village wheelie i mean everyone's had their foot in him uh here he <laughs> is finding himself late season on uh on this roster uh those are two guys close to to your heart i mean are you happy to see them you know getting a chance at the playoffs are you wondering like me like why how did we get to this point <laughs> Uh, yeah. I mean, as somebody else who's had to kind of uh, play the waiver wire pretty aggressively this season, like, yeah, you know, I see what's going on. Um, and it's good, you know, Ryan's, he has kind of like the inverse of Ashley's team. And so he really just needs floor out of these guys. And I think they provide that. Um, I don't think that either of these guys has a real great ceiling or anything. Um, but you know, he added Mark Andrews and we haven't really seen that go off yet. And I, I mean, I think overall, we just haven't seen Ryan's team really go off. Um, you know, Barkley Cook and McCaffrey is just still absolutely fucking batshit. And I can't believe that, you know, all three of these guys haven't gone off on the same week. So um Ryan's team, while it may be on the lower end of the teams coming into the playoffs, um uh it it could definitely explode for I think a lot more than what we've seen so far this season. Yeah, and I do want to reiterate my Island of Misfit Toys is not complete disc because I think on the other end of that, I mean, the best misfit toy of them all is who you just mentioned, Christian McCaffrey. He was a misfit on Carolina because he was too damn good for that team, and so he had to get out of there. Uh, but yeah, picking up uh, you know McCaffrey in season, Saquon was a good draft pick, but also kind of a where do I belong? Um, and then, of course, at the top, you know, we, you know, the best top uh, misfit toy, the leader of them, is Justin Fields, uh, who I guess in this scenario would probably be Rudolph, uh, you know, going there, leading everyone, um, showing, you know, showing what he's capable of uh, with that that bright red no nose can lead through any storm. Uh, luckily for Ryan, you know, he, he's still in contention for that buy, uh, that buy spot, doesn't really need full force. So I guess if you're going to get Justin Fields on buy, 
now's the week to do it, but he won't have that Rudolph there guiding him through the snowstorm. Can Fluffy Bunnies come out and uh, make some powder, blind him up a little bit. Let's see Santa crash. Let's see, uh, let's see that seat go down. I don't know why I'm rooting against Ryan so much. I think it might just be because I don't want him to tie me for three championships, but uh, yeah, I'm done with my Rudolph metaphor. Thank you. Yeah, I he's you know he's just in the mix as much as anybody else. I I do think it's kind of fitting. You know, I'm I'm kind of bummed I missed out on Fields, but it is um, kind of nice for Ryan that you know he had the Trey Lance injury to start out the season. Um, so it feels kind of fitting that he's the one who ended up with Fields, who's now having a pretty good season. Yeah, um, I, I got a little Fields exposure in the fantasy universe uh, in my family league because we. I stupidly set up two quarterbacks uh, this year when I didn't mean to, um, which I'm still, I think I'll always be against two quarterbacks in this league. I thought I was maybe against it in every league. Uh, but, you know, I'd say like for those of you who, you know, occasionally do a side league, if you ever get invited to a two QB league, if I ever get invited to, you know, a legit two QB league, I might give it a shot, a super flex league. Uh, but again, I don't think... Ten-man, three quarterbacks. Oh, my goodness. It's already ugly with... Uh, we're ten-man with two quarterbacks. And I mean, uh, I have I have Mariota, Goff, uh, Fields, who I dropped out at some point and had to pick up. And uh, I started with Trey Lance as well. Uh, it's been ugly. It's been ugly. But it's sort of like fun and chaotic. That sounds like a, that sounds like a stacked 2QB team. Uh, it is now. Like, dude, starting Goff and Fields uh, this week, you know, feels pretty good. But, I mean, it's there's a lot of chaos along the way. Uh, if, if you think the ups and downs of, of one, like, streamer level, unproven QB, you know, stressful, uh, try two of them because it really depends on the both QBs in that one. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. Justin, do you have anything, any other closing thoughts for our playoff matchups or our last week of the season? Um, I mean, it's it's funny because uh, you know the games are either well, I you know I, I guess they are interesting for the mo- most part. We have two games that we don't really care about, but um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think the Nablonians and Shenanahats matchup is going to be pretty good. I think those two teams are pretty evenly matched. Uh, not huge ceilings, but been pretty consistent. Um, I'm seeing right now that Jim has uh, just an absolute shitload of injured players. So I guess that might be an issue. Yeah. Um, with also uh, injuries and wide receiver, just quick note on that. Yeah. His wide receiver position is hurting with the buys. Uh, Cause he's gotten McLaurin on by shout out to Jim though, for just emptying the bank for Brandon Powell, who I literally never heard of um, until he picked him up. So you haven't heard of him. He's Baker Mayfield's number one target. Uh, when you hear that Baker Mayfield is going to the Rams, you do whatever you can to buy into that offense. So, yep. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, Lucinda having a lot of injuries too, I guess is going to be tough. The one thing I'll say about Lucinda is that, um, you know, she's been crushing it with a couple of her players so far. Um, a lot of, a lot of injuries. Um, but Deandre Swift back from the dead. So, uh, if he comes alive down the stretch right here, that could be super good for her. Um, and bad for me and even possibly you, I guess. I mean, bad for you. It's like, you know, if you're heading for the playoffs, you don't want any of these teams to heat up right now. You want, you want bad news for everyone else other than yourself. Uh, but yeah, that, that should be a really tight matchup. And again, they're, they're going to be looking our way a little bit, looking at me and Ashley rooting on Ashley to, to beat me out so they can both make it to the playoffs. Uh, I think your matchup against uh, TGIF against Eric is going to be, I, I mean, I, I don't know if we're going to do a legit matchup of the week. Maybe we should, I would pick that one because I think you guys are both, I mean, it's you're both winner in. You're both uh, teams that have been, you know, scoring a lot over the last couple weeks. Uh, you've had some hard 
losses in the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, you guys were both in this position. I mean, Eric had to climb a little bit further than you did, uh, but you were both kind of within striking distance of, of Ashley maybe a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, now you're in this uh, winner takes all battle. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Like if I wasn't invested in my own playoff matchup, that's the one I'm watching. Yeah, it, it does look like it's going to be real close. If you look on the ESPN page and scroll down, you know, they have like how each team has scored like week over week. And uh, yeah, I mean, Eric and I have kind of kept like neck and neck. We we're pretty down at the beginning of the season and both heated up. Both been pretty good down the stretch here. So looks like it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, I think Josh Jacobs, that'll be a big part of it. Um, also, you know, we got Godwin versus Evans, which I think he has definitely been on the right side of, um, you know, but also a lot of tight end woes for both the teams, both, um, you know, I think I've gotten better IDP production, but um, I had to do some churn this week because of uh, some injured players and stuff. So I don't know. He's got the waiver wire darling, Geno Smith, heading up the whole thing. So should be should be fun. Our boy. I uh, still ain't right back. Love it. Uh, yeah. And then looking at uh, Ashley and Mai's matchup, which would probably be interesting to watch if I wasn't involved in it. Uh, we mentioned, you know, her needing to fill some spots on, on the IDP because of buy. Uh, there's a little bit of interesting kind of correlation uh, or leverage against these two teams, uh, similar to what you just mentioned. Um, you know, she has AJ Brown. I have Devonte Smith. So we'll both be rooting for our respective Eagles to be the Eagles to score. Um, and then uh, what else did I have here? I wrote this down, uh, but uh, no, I didn't actually write it down. So uh just excellent stuff. Oh, no. The other one I was looking at is uh, Chuba Hubbard because another person who injured, uh, popped up with an injury tag is uh, Dante Foreman, who I desperately, desperately need to play this week. I have no other running backs I could slot into that hole other than Cam Akers tomorrow. Dear God, don't make me make that choice. Um, Love so, starting Cam Akers on a Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, she's got Chuba Hubbard. She's got Kyron Williams. If she's, if, yeah, if, if she's going to start him on a Thursday. Uh, so I know there's some interesting little like correlations like that, which uh, I, I've been trying to take note of uh, a little bit more this season. Um, I think uh, when we played, uh, or sorry, when I played Eric last week, uh, we had a little bit of that. You know, I was kind of playing the waiver wire game by picking up uh, a couple of Raiders, you know, potentially Amir Abdullah if, if there was going to be an injury concern with Jacobs, you know, Foster Moreau taking away some targets. Uh, and then, you know, so having different Eagles. So it's it's kind of fun, like, you know, doing a little uh, strategy there. Uh, I, I've been employing some like uh, DFS concepts. You know, the uh, the idea of the bring back, or you know, hey, if uh, if Miles Sanders doesn't have a great game, well, that increases the chance of Devonte Smith having a great game. So I'm going to slot him in, and you know, hey, sometimes it pays off. Yep. Yeah. I on a, a totally unrelated back on my matchup. I just am now realizing that Eric beat me in week three, uh, 135 to 126. Ooh. And I'm really, really just beating myself up right now because had I won that game by scoring even 10 more fucking points, um, I wouldn't be in the position I am right now. I'd be uh, with Ashley right, riding a sweet wave to playoffs and maybe even uh, competing for a bye. Oh, man. If I mean, that would have helped me out too. I wouldn't have to be competing with Eric for... I really like you kind of feel like, oh, yeah, you know, like I can drop a game here and there and like, that's fine. But man, I mean, we see ever, ever since we expanded out to six teams, I mean, every single fucking win is so important. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I noticed while looking through the schedule, though, is it's actually kind of funny how not important points are this week or sorry, this season. 
um, just because like, obviously for us in the division, they're very important, but um, not a lot of ties happening um, for wins outside of our division. So um, definitely a, a season where wins are a lot more valuable. Well, I'm not a stats nerd, but I think those things are correlated. I think we're hogging all the points, so it matters utmost over here. But, you know, none of the other races, they're not doing those point races thing. They, you know, there's there's nothing left for the other, other crews, so they're just doing measly win-loss records. But, you know, whatever. I guess beggars can't be choosers. Finkers might send three teams to the playoffs when we only get two. <laughs> <laughs> it could definitely happen. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's it. That pretty much wraps up, you know, the playoff picture. It's going to be super interesting. And, uh, you know, with one, only one team eliminated, uh, this last week, that means we have to look forward to what, two more teams getting eliminated. So two of us are going to be a lot more, uh, you know, just sad and mopey and, you know, Justin, as far as you and I and the, and the Potter concerned, I mean, we, as, as podcast producers, we should sort of hope that those two teams are us or else we're going to lose, you know, two thirds of our audience remaining. Uh, <laughs> we'll just basically just be recording, you know, we should just invite Ryan on at the pod and then he could just listen live. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be tough depending on how this shakes out to yeah either have hosts or have listeners, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But um you know, it's uh, it's been a rough ride. It's been a fun one. It comes so fast, uh, although it's for some like Justin, it's also grueling slow when it gets here. But uh, make sure you appreciate the final week of fantasy, even if your team is one and twelve. You know, it's the last time you can just set that whole lineup and and just see what's happening. Otherwise, uh, hopefully, you got some keepers that you can watch uh, for the rest of the season and into the playoffs. And uh, kind of just watch them score points that don't matter for you now, but just look into the future and go, the future's bright for my beautiful fantasy football franchise. Um, and I guess a uh, last reminder, uh, and we'll, we'll send out, uh, I'll send out an email or, and, and stuff. Uh, no, this is not about dues, which I still need to do. Uh, but <laughs> last year, uh, I think the last couple of years, we've done the, the playoff challenge on NFL.com and that's the actual NFL playoffs. So that won't you know start for a couple more weeks here. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to do that again. Uh, Justin, do you remember, did we do $5 entry or $10 entry last year? Uh, I don't remember. I, I think five, say, but I'm just okay. guessing. Yeah. Either five or 10, right? Uh, we'll figure out what we're going to do, but if you've never done the NFL playoff challenge, it's, it's pretty fun. You know, it's like same fantasy elements, uh, but there's like rewards for, you know, keeping at uh, picking, uh, players and teams that are going to make the long run to the Super Bowl because uh, you get you know modifiers for each week that they're in their lineup. So it's like a, a little bit of a Super Bowl prediction bracket sort of thing, a little bit of fantasy football. It's always fun, always frustrating. My niece, who does not care about football at all, always wins my uh, family one, so that's always great. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll even though the the league and fantasy football will be ending in just a few short weeks and we'll have a new Bobo winner here, uh, you know, we, we've got a few more weeks of football after that. So if you still got some competitive juice in you, look out for that. Um, but other than that, Kamish, you got any uh, last words for the league? Uh, no, not really. I might throw some more fun uh, st- like player stats up on the website since we won't have much more podcasting time this season. So uh, I guess be on the lookout for that. But yeah. Well, we will be back next week because uh, next week will be the uh, you know last regular season one. And uh you know, I, I'm feeling good. I, I think we're we're going to do some, at least some playoff matchups. We'll see. We'll we'll see how just absolutely emotionally wrecked the two of us are after uh, just 
you know, next week. Because if we both do lose, I mean, that's probably the worst thing for the pod <laughs> production-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we will see. Anyway, uh, good luck, everyone out there. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you've had uh, a great start to your holiday season. And uh, it's getting cold here. It's getting cold up there in the north. So bundle up, uh, hang out with some people that, that you like, eat some good food. And uh, we'll see you guys all next week on the week 14 wrap-up, regular season wrap-up of Bonos Fantasy Football Podcast. So long. See you. I talk too long at the end. Yes. Yeah.